Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ready. Play. Hello and welcome to a very exciting episode of Talking Tennis. It's me, Jack Edward from On The Line, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Craig O'Shaughnessy, strategy coach for the ACP, creator of Brain Game Tennis. Craig, how are you in Denmark, Copenhagen, correct? Jack, yeah, it's amazing uh, to talk tennis with you. I just got in here this afternoon. I'm speaking to a group of Danish coaches tomorrow, Um, and as I mentioned, it's four o'clock and it's dark, and I'm wondering... And it's freezing cold. I'm wondering why people live here. But other than that, it looks like a wonderful place. <laughs> well, we don't have to talk Copenhagen too much. Hopefully the exciting tennis chat about the ATP finals will warm me up a bit, Craig. We are there here first to talk about, uh, we can talk about Djokovic, of course, winning the title. We'll talk about Rude getting to the final, Rublev, all the other players throughout. I think the first place, in fact, uh, Craig, if you'd like, is talk a bit about Djokovic's win. Sixth title, obviously, for him. Managed to win it for the first time in seven years, right? 2015, matches Rogers, title streak there of, of six titles. Obviously looking to go one more next year, I'm sure. But for seven years, went titleless. First things first, I mean, is that a surprising run for you of seven years for him not to get a title there? Yeah, it kind of comes and goes a little bit. I've been to all the recent, um, maybe even maybe even eight or nine years now, uh, when the ATP finals were in London, I was there every year, um, either representing my brain game business or writing analysis pieces for the ATP tour. <clears throat> um, yeah, it, it is a bit surprising that he had the drought, but boy, was he back. I think one thing we need to put on the table right from the beginning, no Carlos Alcaraz mm-hmm. and no Holger Rune, which was the guy that beat him in Paris the week before. And Holger Rune played exactly the right way to defeat Novak by attacking him and taking his time away and coming forward. Um, 
And it just seems like that victory was not studied by his opponents in Turin. And, and he kind of had his way with, um, with the matches. And even though some of them look close on the scoreboard, you know, you're sitting courtside and you're like, there's just no way this other guy's going to win. He's not doing the right things. He's not putting Novak under enough pressure. He's not coming forward. You know, it's a low bouncing court. It's a fast court. It was officially a medium fast court. Um, but Novak was Novak was always going to win that event. Always. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's an interesting start, Craig. I think the first thing I need to put on the table, by the way, you used to do a bit of strategy work with Novak, right? Three years. 2017, 2018, 2019. I was, Marion Vider and I were on the coaching team. So I did all of the strategy, all of the analysis of his matches. Um, every time he played a match, he had a pre-match um, preview of, of the opponent and the, the patterns of play they they like to employ. Um, it was also the post-match analysis. And then you group together matches, you group together a year or a month or a surface. And, um, you know, Novak was really good on understanding that when he's out there on the court, the things that he's doing and likes to do may not always be exactly what is best. And and that's that was a big part of what I did is like finding the best patterns of play for his game. You know, is it he's got the world's best backhand, but it became very obvious very quickly that hitting run around forehands is better for him as it is better for everyone in the world. Um, it was a very big part of him winning the final against Casper Rude, where Novak was in a lot of ad court exchanges because Number one, he likes that. But number two, Casper Ruud really likes that. So uh, if you just go backhand to backhand, it makes it much more of a 50-50 battle. But if Novak's hitting runaround forehands, which he gained control of in that final, uh, he's, he's far better off in, in the long term. You know, you play 100 of those points and Novak's runaround forehand is going to take control. There you have it right there. Yeah, and it was a feud. I like that word. It was a backhand to backhand feud. <laughs> I read that article, Craig. I, I really enjoyed it, and yeah. it, it, it came to mind when I was in the stream with with John only yesterday. Of course, lost track of time already. There was a set point, the set point in the first set that Novak was able to convert, and this maybe is a bit of a segue into Rude's game as well. And you can tell me how much of this you agree with, because Rude's two improvements for the the or maybe three, I suppose you could say the return for me block returning able to serve particularly well now, which has aided him in a hard court. And the backhand, certainly at the US Open, you know, he flattened it out quite a bit more than he used to. In the set point, we saw a serve of his, the first serve, about two feet from the sideline, basically. So under pressure, absolutely wanted to get it in. And we saw Novak peppering Rude's backhand with the inside-out forehand. The inside-out forehand particularly good, obviously, because of the angle you can create on it, stops Rude's from using a sort of, you know, crossover steps to get as far outside the court right. as possible to get himself a forehand. Right. Would you agree that under pressure, those weaknesses maybe still have a few, or those uh, weaknesses that are now, crack, you know, fixed, I guess, maybe still have a few cracks? Is that too unfair to say, Craig? Yeah, I, I mean, Casper's done a great job of improving his game and ascending up up the world order he got to number two you know he's played some big finals um but but th there's a thing there's that 
did Casper play the way he needed to to win that match? That's the key. And you can go out there and, and you know, he reminds me a lot of David Ferrer. You know, David Ferrer in his heyday and Casper Ruud in his heyday, that would have been a fun match to see those guys really battle it out. Um, <clears throat> I think Casper, in his evolution, he should go back to the Holger-Rune match in Paris and study what Holger did to win the match. And he'll quickly realize that, you know, with a lot of these players, what they do well to win against almost everyone is not what you need to do well to win that final. And, you know, you look at, you look at Roger for his entire career, what he needed to do to beat everyone was not what he needed to do to beat Rafa. He needed to modify and change and Casper needed to modify and change um, more that, than he did. And the scoreboard seven, five, six, three looks good. He can walk away from that. And, you know, it wasn't a pasting, um, but it, it, you know, in, in a lot of ways that, you know, they're in these longer rallies, but we're just waiting for Casper to miss. We're just waiting for Casper to hit a short ball and for Novak to, to really take control. So if Casper can go and review the tape, like Kobe Bryant, you know, just go to Google and, and type in Kobe Bryant match analysis or basketball analysis. I mean, he was reviewing things such as the positioning of the feet, the leaning of a player, who's talking to two, who in the timeout. You know, he was going down to the nth degree and that's what Casper needs to do and come out of his shell that he does so well against, you know, you could say, Casper, play, there's 100 guys in the top 100, play against, do whatever you want against 96 of them. But the other four, no. The other four, you must adapt. You must change. You must attack more. You must flatten the ball out. You must serve and volley. You must chip and charge. You must do these things that are not um, normally that you are normally comfortable with, but it's what's needed to win that match, pure and simple. That's a really fascinating uh, perspective on it, Craig. And uh, I think just fleshing out a bit more about what makes Novak somebody who's who's just so difficult to beat on any surface, obviously, but indoor hardcore in particular, I just wanted to talk about the serve for a little bit and how much that's improved over, over the years. Because again, I imagine you'll have a, a great opinion on this or a very um, informed opinion on this tennis podcast actually put tennis podcast posed the question isn't Djokovic's serve the most improved shot in tennis they've just left it open like that that's a fairly uh, large question but for me it's over the last five years definitely it's, it's, it's huge and it's made him almost unbeatable at Wimbledon you know it, it, he can just cover himself so well we look at this tournament he, he's his serve was broken three times by Fritz twice and then I believe it was a uh, was it Sitsipas once? Not Sitsipas, Medvedev once, of course, because uh, he served for the match against them three times against the, the other eight best, seven best opponents in the, the world, Craig. I mean, how much does that tell you? Well, it's been good for a while. It, it, first of all, yes, you're right. Um, Novak serve is good. Second of all, that court lent itself to players holding more than normal. So that that makes Novak, you know, Look, look a little bit better there. One of the things that surprises me so much is that, in, you know, for, again, in that 2017, 2018, 2019 period, particularly in the ad court, 
So <clears throat> I studied Novak's seven matches at the 2018 US Open when I was working with him. He beat Del Potro in the final there. And I put all of those data points into one spreadsheet. And we looked at him serving first serves in the ad court. And you have down the tee, you have out wide. Naturally, serves are going to go out wide a lot in the ad court. Um, what I've also learned in serving out wide in the ad court is where that the backhand return of the right-handed opponent is where the ball comes back a lot. So we looked at that and said, okay, Novak, if you serve wide in the ad, that ball's coming back cross-court to your backhand. You're starting with a serve plus one backhand. That is not as good as starting with a serve plus one forehand. So the discussion was basically, well, Craig, how do I hit more serve plus one forehands? Well, why don't we serve more down the tee? And if you serve more down the tee in the ad, you get more forehand return errors. You get more ball back to your forehand um, and, and the win percentages go up. And then that conversation spilled over to second serves. So what Novak, during that period, what Novak developed was this hybrid second serve that, that works particularly well in the ad court where the opponent is sitting on, say, a 95-mile-an-hour kick serve out wide. They're just basically standing there with the racket back, just put it on my strings. And then Novak's hitting this 105, 110-mile-an-hour slice second serve down the tee. The opponent's not ready for it. The opponent makes a forehand return error. Um, and, and Novak just gets out of jail, and he's hitting it as a slice. He's not hitting it as a first serve. He's not hitting it as a second serve. It's a hybrid in between. He's hitting it as a slice so that he's making a ton of them. He's not double folding with it. But opponents, I mean, there's so many times I'm sitting in Turin going, oh, my God, he's going to do it right now. Yeah. And he does it, and the opponent misses, and I'm like, you're not doing your homework. Yeah, you're yeah. not doing your homework if you don't know that that serve's coming right now. So there was yeah. too many times that I thought opponents hadn't studied Novak enough. I mean, I think Novak goes into his opponent's forehand in the ad court more than any other top 10 player, I'm pretty sure. I've seen yes. this before. Yeah, it's, um, that's, like, that's a great way of putting it, Craig. Hybrid serve. Because for me, I've seen that serve so many times you, and it looks aggressive. It's like, it's you can use that. Serve. I'm not going to charge you for that either. You can use that <laughs> as much as you want. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, no, no royalties on that. It's 100% hybrid serve is the best way I could have put it. Yeah. Djokovic, I think we've covered him in quite a bit of detail there, Craig. I'm going to move us on a little bit because I had loads of fascinating stuff there mm -hmm. to dissect. Just a bit on a few of the other characters in, the, in this play, because Djokovic's season next year, we think it's going to be good. We all know that, of course. You know He's got loads of good things ahead. Let's talk about some of the other players that, um, that we lost by the wayside throughout this tournament, starting with Andre Rublev, who made it to the semifinals, right? And he, he lost mm -hmm. to Kasper Ruud there. Just summing up a few of the losses Rublev's had throughout his career without winning a big title. Six slam quarterfinals, two Masters finals, and now an ATP semi. This week, was it disappointing for Rublev or was it positive, Craig? Andre Rublev throws the toys out of the pram way too much. Way too much. He 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 becomes he's a he's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic competitor, but when push comes to shove, what, was it the Novak match that where, where he just went nuts? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, the four four and one loss, right? Yeah. So I was I was at that match. I, I watched so many matches in the last couple of weeks. But so you're you're at four five. 
Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. You're at four or five. You're at 30 all. You know, things are good. You've gone ace, ace. And then you get to 40, 30 and you lose a long rally. And, um, and, and then, and then this happens and then you, you, you know, you throw your racket on, he threw his racket actually, he lost the point of juice, throws the toys out of the pram way too much. Yes, he's exactly right. Um, he, he, he lost the point of juice and threw his racket. You're at four or five juice and, and you've, you've lost a point and it's, it's a big point in the match. It's a huge point in the match. That's when you need to be at your best, your best mentally, your best emotionally. That's when you need to knuckle down. That's when you can't do these things. And Andre Rublev has a history of going bananas in big moments, as we see right here, and and losing, losing his mind, losing his strategy, losing his way. You know, he's he he's. He's on the way to a great season and a great finish and possibly even winning this in three. He beat Medvedev in three, seven, six, and the third because he kept his head. But Andre Rublev quite often doesn't keep his head. And until he can prove to me in a big match, in a big moment such as this, that he can prove that that he can stay stable, he needs to spend the entire offseason to say, Andre, you know, go to go to Copenhagen where it gets dark at three in the afternoon, and, and and just spend spend a week with a sports psychologist and and just chat and talk and chill out and study and look at the times you go nuts and look at the times you're good, and and just spend a week with not nobody else but the sports psychologist. It would be a, a great use of his time and a great investment in his career because he's I, I'm. I saw it. I knew it was coming. I just knew it was coming, and it and it came. And I'm like, man, you got to learn. You, you mm-hmm. got to learn that you can't do that in these situations. Because we all know how hard he works. I think there's a lot of information out there showing us that Rublev works harder than you know, or works as hard as anybody else in the game because he absolutely loves the sport. He lives and breathes it. I think is what Fernando Vicente said about Andre Rublev. So there's no doubt he'll do anything he can to improve, Craigs. I think you're you're quite right. I'd agree with that that just came up there as well. Francis TFO loss at the US Open this year probably was the most painful for him. That felt like a chance that and straight sets as well. Yeah, for, for me it's a it's disappointing, I would say, Craig. That that semi-final's great, but Rublev's obviously looking to notch that first big title. So um for me overall, a bit disappointing. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Moving on from Rublev and to Sitsipasa. A bit of a segue, actually, because there was something Sitsipasa said this week about Rublev that I would like your, your uh, thoughts on, I guess, Craig. Did you hear him say he beat him, Sitsipasa, with the few tools he had in his in his arsenal? Yeah, I think it's actually a fair comment because Rublev just plays yeah. one way. He likes to bang the ball. He likes to crush forehands. He, you know, he'll hit backhands. He just he just comes at you. It, he's, you know, he, he's very one-dimensional. 
and 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 it's got him you know into the ATP finals and into the semifinals and there's nothing wrong with that I think what Stefanos was referring to Stefanos just has more variety he'll drop shot more he'll come over more he'll slice more he'll he'll change the speeds more um I, I think the comment was was used against Stefanos um I, I think I, I just think yeah. it's a fair comment based on you know the the, the the different game styles but you know man I mean I mean Stefanos is Stefan you know we're going to send this is what we're doing in the off season. We're sending Andre Rublev with his mental coach to Copenhagen. <laughs> There's nothing else going on except darkness at three o'clock, and they just go into a room and talk to each other and and walk in, and and he'll come out a mental giant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're sent, sending Stefanos Tsitsipas to Dubai with a ball machine, and and he's going to hit. He's, he's going to. We're going to get a um. We're going to get a video camera and we'll live stream it to me in Austin, and I'm going to fix his backhand. Yeah, because there we go. Until until his backhand is fixed. Yep. Problem, problem, problem. Would you agree specifically the backhand return, or is there more problems than that? You every 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 scenario, particularly okay. the return, but there's rally scenarios, there's floating backhand scenarios, there's rolling when you should hit it, there's not enough down the line. Um, you know, Stefanos is a great competitor. He's got a great forehand. He's got a, he's a great mover. He's got a great serve. Uh, he, he, he's unbelievable at net. Backhand's a problem. Yeah. And to overturn a nine-match losing streak to Novak Djokovic, you'd imagine that's the, the thing that makes the difference, right? Because it's getting a grim for him there. I don't know if there's any, you know, if I was to rate all the shots... For all the players, like you say, you know, Novak serve is a 9.7, whatever. I would think Stefanos's backhand may have the lowest rating of the eight players that were that were in London of, of any shot. Yeah. I, I think. I think. Yeah, that's brutal, I would say, Craig. But no, mate, that's not, that's not brutal. <laughs> it's subjective. Yeah. Okay, it's subjective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But See, it's the, the thing is that, you know, my job is to analyze data. My job is to sit on the side of the court and, and see what's going on. And it's it's just say it how it is. You know, there's, yeah. it's just what I do. It's I, I don't, you know, it may come across as a brutal comment, but for me, it's like, I'm, I'm being nice. I, I'm trying, I'm telling you the truth on what needs to happen. And yeah. you just need to thank me for it. Yeah, I mean, there's no sugarcoat in it, right? That's basically what you're saying. No, you yeah. can't. Yeah, there's millions of dollars. There's millions of dollars on the line. We're not yeah. sugarcoating anything. Yeah. In that vein, out of the two players, Rafa and Medvedev, Craig, who do you think we should be more worried about now? If, if worried at all, because for me, Rafa, a lot of people are worried about him after this tournament. And for me, it's not really a red flag. I, I think he's been he's been injured. There's this the serve's a bit different. I was talking to Gil Gross about this. You know, not as much heaviness to the serve as usual. You can still put a bit of pace on it, but you can kind of see he's struggling to stretch up to a bit. And um, with the ab injuries sustained, indoors has never been his favorite surface anyway. Of course, you know, has only won the one title there. So for me, it's got to be Medvedev, and I'll elaborate on that a bit, Greg, before I uh, ask for your thoughts. Medvedev obviously had two matches this week where he served for the match, one against Novak, 
one against Steph, and he lost both of those matches in third set tie breaks. Lost all his matches in third set tie breaks. He's only ever lost one other match, serving for the match, and that was Rafa a couple of years ago, three years ago. I, I think was in that match. You might remember it. that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he like five one, didn't he? Five yeah. one in the third. He served for the match twice, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did, he, yeah. Also yeah. lost that in a third set tie break. Anyway. It kind of just is the icing on the cake of a fairly disappointing season for, for Medvedev. You know, eight losses in a row now to, to top 10 players. Break points converted this year has fallen by 5%. I'm sure you'll know, Craig, that's a pretty large... Did he think it's a number one in the world this year, though? He did. That's true. So there's so obviously... Is, it, is it fair to say he's had a disappointing year, but he also got to number one in the world? Yeah, well, a lot of those points are sustained from Australian Open final, right, and the US Open last year. So I guess is the Australian Open final loss disappointing, or was getting to the final itself a uh, success? Because uh, you know you could argue, you could make an argument for both, right? Um, but there's been yeah. a lot of disappointments beside that. Obviously, after you know you had the hernia and stuff um, that took yeah. him off court for a while. That's that's fair enough. There's been double faults, getting distracted. You know, there was the Cincinnati match against Tsitsipas where some fireworks went off. Four double faults in one game, making the crucial uh, error in the in the, the the end of that match. The Diminor match, maybe not as disappointing, but again, double faults creeping up there. And then this yeah. week, obviously, just feeling like a, a real sort of gut punch um, after after all of that. Anyway, yeah, all of your thoughts there, Craig. What do you think, Rafa yeah. or Medvedev? Either they'll both be fine. They'll both be fine. Yeah. Um, I. You know, I think it's a positive, much more than a negative, that Medvedev, in order to beat Medvedev, you've got to go the distance, you've got to get to a third set breaker against him, and, and you've got to get lucky. I mean, there's there's just a lot of luck in those, you know, the end of those matches. And, you know, Medvedev is, is a couple of points away from possibly winning the whole thing again. So um, I think, you know, if I'm... If I'm on Team Medvedev and, you know, we're sitting down analysing the season and the year, it's like, man, you got to number one. You What, what it takes to beat you is to go as deep as possible. Um, you had a great season. You had a couple of losses. You had some injuries. Um, you know, you led Rafa two sets to love and a break and almost a double break. Um, great season. C come out swinging next year. Go go and have holidays, go and rejuvenate, you'll be fine. And for Rafa, you know, go and hop on your yacht and <laughs> do a little fishing, do a little swimming um, and, and and just get mentally fresh again, you'll be fine. I don't I don't think there's problems with either of those guys. I think there's other guys that were in Turin have more problems than Medvedev and um, who was the other guy we're talking about? Yeah, but the, other, uh, the other guys in the field. Oh, no or Nadal, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've already dismissed them. I've already washed them out of my mind. Those <laughs> guys are going to be fine. No, nothing to worry yeah. about. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, right? I mean, the two of them still had decent seasons overall. A yes. Understatement for Rafa. Rafa, um, my God, what a season. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and any season you finish number one in the world, I don't care what else happens. Yeah. Yeah, fair okay. enough. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fair enough, Craig. The other two players in the, 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 in the, the tournament that maybe we've just missed out there, maybe we've skirted over, and you did say maybe there were other t- players in the tournament that should be more disappointed. I wonder if one of them is Felix Ogialiasim, who went into the tournament for me as top three sort of favourites to, to win the title. Such a really? good interest. Yeah. top three? Yeah, yeah, it, you know, underneath uh, Novak and Medvedev, I still rated at that point. I think he was their uh, top three for sure. Because mm. just, just just with his indoor season, I was like, you know, he, he was so untouchable for a while on serve. If he brings that sort of serve plus one energy into this tournament, he might not be touchable for a while. And then to lose 6-2 in the third to Fritz just felt a little bit disappointing. Thoughts? Um, I, I didn't have Felix in the top three, no, no matter what he did coming in. He... That those were good lead-up events, um, and and that's what they were. Um, Felix has always had some funky monkey going on with his forehand, and it used to be a lot worse. And he's cleaned it up. And I sat again courtside for three of his matches here, and I was very impressed. But it, there's still too much going on. Felix is. An unbelievable, he's like Gal Monfils, he's like tall, skinny, you know, my goodness, leap tall buildings in a single bound um, kind of athlete, but still wants to get his body too involved in the forehand, too involved. I think he has a top three first serve. I think he's got a normal second serve. I think his backhand is good. I think his forehand sprays still too much, even though it's on the right path. And I think 12 months from now, it'll be even improved. But he doesn't need to jump. It's like as soon as he sees a forehand coming, he's on one of those little backyard round trampolines Uh that are like three foot by three foot. And he's just like, let me bounce on this thing and wind up and see if I can hit the fence. You know, just calm down, get off the trampoline, you are so strong. You're so athletic. Just let the you've got a babble at for God's sake. Just let mm-hmm. the racket come through and let the racket hit the ball, um, so you can control it. Yeah. You know, Novak's not doing that. Novak's not bouncing around like a jelly bean everywhere. So, um, so as soon as Felix cleans that up fully, he's doing better. But fully, um, the big matches are going to be tough for him. They're going to be tough. So, but I expect him to do that. I expect him to clean it up. Of course. Um, yeah. And, and who's who's the other one we talked about then? Taylor Fritz, who made it to the semis, of course. Right. So here, I don't know whether you agree with this or not, but I I watched Taylor. I walked by Taylor in the airport this morning in Torino. He's sitting there with a with a beanie on, mm-hmm. eating eating the biggest jam croissant you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like, too good. Too good. You, you, you know, just you need a little break right now. <clears throat> Jam Kassan is, is your island in the sun. Um, I saw him. I saw him play for about five minutes, and I'm like, he could win it all. In fact, after five minutes of play, I said he's in the semis for sure, for sure. And I thought the draw against Novak. If he hadn't have drawn Novak, he would have won the other semi. And yeah. he would have gone to the final. He may have even. He he's really about the only player that could have beaten Novak. I, I'm 
I'm buying Taylor Fritz right now. I'm all in on Taylor that. Fritz. His his backhand cross court is yeah. a joke. He, yeah. he, he the, the court was perfect for him there. You know, he, if his technique is incredible, he hits it flat and hard, and it just gets on the opponent and pushes them back. His forehand is is low and short, but just rips the ball. The racket head acceleration is is Rafa esque, um, but it's simpler. Rafa's Rafa's big and winds, um, which he gets away with on clay. But but um, Taylor is small but fast. Um, his first serve is good. His second serve is good. He moves well. What I also like about Taylor is that he'll get mad for a second, and it's gone. You know, he loves to turn around to Mike Russell in the box, and just have this one-way conversation with Mikey, and just it just say. You know, uh, you know, somebody who hit a great set is like, oh, that was a good serve. Yeah. Like, Why are you telling Mike Russell that? Yeah, I remember the, the ATV Cup one year, Craig. I don't know if you, you saw it that year. It might have been the, the pandemic year, so 2021, just post to that. And uh, we saw the changeovers and we could hear everything Taylor was saying. And he was just talking the whole time to, mm-hmm. to, to the coach there. Just couldn't stop talking about technique and what the other... He gets very technical on court, right? I, I see him doing a lot yeah. of sort of this and that. To the to the coach, so yeah. But, but the way he reacts is completely different than Rublev. Completely different. Taylor will say something positive or even sometimes negative, but it's gone in two seconds. It's yeah. gone. He yeah. lets it go. You look at his face. It's 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 gone blank. He's he's already past that. He's back to the next point. Um, yeah. you know Taylor. You know all the American Francis TFO has had a great year. Taylor Fritz has had a great year. Um. You know, Brooksby's had a great year. Um, you know, there's seven that I'm not that I'm missing right now. But but Taylor's done an excellent job. And and what happens? This is this is key for next year. Is that these guys lose well before they win? Yeah. And I remember Warinka losing well in Madrid to Nadal before he started to really win big matches. And when we look at Taylor Fritz, he lost well at the ATP finals. And I expect him to do even better, to do, he's going to have a better 2023 than he did 2022. And he's going to mow some guys over. Yeah. So Rude sets the pass, Medvedev, Rafa, Fritz, who's getting the, who's having the biggest 2023. Say them again. Sets the pass, Rude. Medvedev, Nadal, Fritz. There they all are. There we go. And and Novak's. Oh, okay. So Novak's yeah. Novak's not a question. We all think Novak's going to have a great twenty twenty three. Of course. Have then, you got? Have you got Rune in there? Oh, yeah. Put Rune in there if you think Rune is the the biggest shout, Craig. He is what he did in Paris. Yeah. What he's done for, for a while now, but what he did in Paris defeating Novak, um, my goodness, it was it was Alcaraz esque. It was so aggressive, you know. The serving was good, the attacking was good. Every time he hit a good ball, he would suck up to the baseline and inside the baseline. And go, is this a chance for me to come forward and finish? And sometimes it was, and all of a sudden he's swarming the net. Sometimes it's not. Um, you know, I, I think Rune definitely belongs um, on that on that list there. I mean, I think they're all going to be there and about. Alcaraz, 
great. I think Rafa's going to be tougher. I think Rafa's going to be tougher. Um, I think Casper Ruud is going to be tougher. I think it's going to be a tougher year for him. He's going to have to. Yeah. He's going to have to improve. I think Fritz is going to be better. Rublev's going to be tougher. Medvedev's going to be tougher. Felix is going to rise. Novak's is Novak is going to be like a god. Mm-hmm. Um, I, who's the one number ten? Harkats, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't quite. Tough for me to see. Um, I can see Taylor Fritz replacing her catch it, with yeah. with all with all the big trophies. So, but yeah. but Rune, Rune, Alcaraz, Fritz, Felix, and then yeah. Medvedev's always going to be there. Setsi Pass is going to be there. I think. I think you've got Casper um, and Andre and and Herbert. Herbert are going to have to really lift, and Novak's just again he's <clears throat> a level above everyone, um, yeah. and, and has been for some time. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I like that. I'm hearing Novak top tier, Alcaraz Ruina. Novak sits on his own right now, and yeah. on the top tier, even if for me, even at the moment, even above Alcaraz, Novak sits top yeah. tier, and then you go down one level, and on that level, you've got Alcaraz, and then. And then probably drop a level, and then then you've got a bunch of guys such as Rune, such as Fritz, such as Sitsipas, such as Medvedev, and and then probably drop a level down to Casper and to Andre and to Felix and and Hubert and and maybe even a couple of other guys there. Cool. Okay, I'm um, conscious, Craig. We could talk about this all day, probably. So I'll try and wrap this up as we've already went a little bit over time. Uh, just thank you very much, of course, Craig, for, for coming on. Seriously, it's, it's dark here in Copenhagen. I got nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Five forty in the afternoon. I'm probably just saving you from going to sleep at five forty. Exactly, yeah. Craig. Yeah. Don't worry. I, I love going to bed early. No, I have no problem with that. <laughs> Craig O'Shaughnessy, thank you very much for coming on talking tennis. Uh, really, really much appreciated. Hope to talk to you again soon. Cheers. Bye. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.